Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. First Kings 17. Have you ever been walking along somewhere and the Lord just take you by surprise? We're going to talk about that today. Ever, ever get caught off guard by the Lord? In Acts chapter 2, they were knew they were waiting for something and something caught them off guard. Suddenly, has anybody ever had a suddenly with the Lord? I said, has anybody had a suddenly with the Lord today? I, I don't, I'm going to stay on this until somebody comes with me. Has anybody had a suddenly moment with the Lord? <laughs> suddenly. God's going to catch you off guard today. If he hasn't already. If he hasn't already. <laughs> yeah. He's walking through the garden today, catching, catching, catching. He's going to catch you off guard. First King 17. <laughs> now you'll have to forgive me. I like reading the word of the Lord. So I hope it's okay with you if I preach from the entire chapter of First Kings 17 today. I didn't get to preach last week, so Tag, you're it. <laughs> so much for tag team preaching. <laughs> I just tagged myself in. If you weren't here, we were tag team preaching and Heather preached. <laughs> we're, we're one, right? We're one. One flesh. She, we just did it. She did it, but we did it. <laughs> First Kings 17. <laughs> Roll away that stone. Yeah. <laughs> Roll it away. First Kings 17. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab. <laughs> who is, who, who dat? Who is Ahab? Ahab was an evil king. Actually, in verse 16, it says he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 16. He did evil in the sight of the Lord more than any other king. He was, everybody say he was evil. He was a scoundrel. He was down, rotten, evil. As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. I just want to, is it okay if I just preach as I go? Do I, can I just preach as I go? So here, in the, here, here is Ahab, this wicked king in the middle of a wicked, wicked, perverse generation. They've left the law of the Lord. They've left the decree of God. And, and Ahab is, you know, he's the one that married Jezebel. You all know that story. And so you've got Ahab here, a wicked king. And Elijah goes to him and says, there will be a, there will be a drought and a famine in the land and we know through Scripture it ends up going about three years and six months. He says, but there, there will not be rain in the land until it's my word. Here's this wicked king. Can I tell you that you can, you can live according to a God's kingdom. You can live according to a heavenly kingdom, even in a perverse and wicked generation. God is looking for people who will take the word of God and found their lives on it, not on the wickedness and the evil time in which we live. We don't get caught off guard by the things that we see. We don't get caught off. We know that we live in a wicked day, and it's only going to get worse. Wickedness is only going to increase. And so we don't get discouraged by that. And our eyes focused on those things. We put our hope and our faith in the word of God. And when God says, it's not going to rain, guess what, baby? It ain't going to rain. You got a drought that you're going to have to deal with. And that's exactly what happened. Elijah went to the king, a man who could have killed him, went before him and said, I don't care what title you have. God says, it's not going to rain. And it didn't rain. And so we have to have faith of Elijah. Elijah, so to speak. We've got to be men and women. We've got to be people who found our lives on the word of God. And when God says, that's it, it settles our faith, it settles our life. And that is the anchor for our soul. 
Now, Elijah said something that was going to have a direct effect on him. He said, it's not going to rain. There's going to be a drought. There's going to be a famine. How many of you know that affected Elijah? The results of that, God had to take care of his man in the middle of that. Sometimes the judgment of God, when it comes, we see it happening all around us, but it becomes a place where God shines a light on his children. Oh, you missed it. When wickedness prevails, the glory of the Lord grows brighter and brighter. When the world around us gets darker and darker and more evil and more evil, the church ought to be getting brighter and brighter. Arise and shine today. I want to just tell somebody, arise and shine today. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Don't sit back any longer. It's time to kick off passivity. It's time to kick off the way to the world. It's time to kick off discouragement and say, arise, self, get up. Get up, sleeping giant. Church, arise and shine. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Even in the day of wickedness, even in the day of evil, God had his man. He put his hand on his man and used him in spite of the situation. God can use you in spite of those ornery people all around you. As a matter of fact, God has put a word in your belly for those ornery people all around you. Elijah went right to him and said, this is the word of the Lord. God's put a word in you. I said, God's put a word on the inside of you. There's a word of hope. There's a word of encouragement. There's a word of peace. There's a word of exhortation that God has deposited on the inside of you for those around you. Open up your mouth and watch how God performs his word in spite of you. In spite of the situation. So, so Ahab's here, wicked. I just had to set the stage. This man was wicked. He was an evil dude. And Elijah, in spite of this, hears the word of the Lord. And he goes to Ahab and says, it's not going to drought. It's not going to rain. It's going to have a famine. In verse 2. Wow, that was all from verse 1. Verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook of Cherith, which flows from the Jordan, and it shall be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Everybody say ravens. Ravens were dirty birds. They were on the unclean list. They were on the unclean list. Time out, God. Can't you choose a dove to do the same thing? But you've commanded the raven. Sometimes God will use the unexpected, the unanticipated. He'll open doors in ways that you didn't expect. He'll send people into your life that you never... You look at them and say, I never would have thought. You judge them by the outside. And God's saying, I'm not looking at the outside. I'm not looking at whether or not they're on your clean or your unclean list. I'm not looking by your standard. I'm looking at the heart. I'm looking. There's, there's a plan and a purpose that I'm intending to accomplish here, Elijah. There's a, there's a purpose. I'm, I'm taking care of your needs. I'm supplying for you. I'm working miracles on your behalf. So don't look at the clean and the unclean list. Hear what I've commanded concerning you. You know, it's easy for us to make the, well, they don't, he doesn't preach how I like it. Or they don't worship how I like it. Or they don't do church. Or they don't whatever. Whoever said this done did me wrong. They look the ugly. They smell whatever. I want a dignified church. Whatever the case is. God used the dirty birds, right? All in the, in spite of them. How many of you are dirty? God, I'm a dirty bird. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't deserve to be the one that was commanded. I didn't deserve to be the one that was commanded to bring, bring you meat and bring you food. I didn't deserve to be the one that God put his hand on and said, go. I didn't deserve to be the one who God chose and, and placed his hand on, put his seal upon. I didn't deserve it. I was a dirty bird, but God chose me. I don't know if there's any other. Maybe you think you're a dove and you smell sweet today. But, but I got news for you. Every single one of you ugly things. Things as a dirty, rotten raven, and God's put his hand on you and commanded his word concerning you. 
So it's time to soar, Raven. The word of the Lord concerning you has been commanded. Go bring meat. Go carry out what God's concerned you. Here he is, Elijah's going to the brook of Cherith. And Cherith, and he's there, and the ravens are feeding him. What a scene that there's a drought in the land. There's a famine in the land. And God has commanded water at the brook. He's commanded the ravens. And I love verse 7. And it happened. Everybody say, and it happened. After a time. And it happened. After a while that the brook dried up. Because, well, this is a no-brainer. There was no rain in the land. There's no rain in the land. The brook dries up. He's got ravens feeding him, but there's no water. I want you to remember that. We're going to come back to that. He's got dirty birds feeding him. God's commanded the birds feeding him, but the water's dried up. And the word of the Lord, verse 8, came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there, or Sidon, however you want to say it. See, I've commanded. Here we go again. He's commanded a widow there to provide for you. And he arose and he went to Zarephath. Now, I just want to, I want to pause there because... This is intriguing to me. Here is Elijah who had the word of God concerning where to go to get water and to get food. Okay? He is, how many are you following? He's sitting at the brook Cherith. He's drinking of the water. He is eating of the meat that the ravens are providing for him. He's having a good time. Right in the middle of the drought and famine, God is taking care of his man. God takes care of his people. But right in the middle of it, the brook dries up. Now, this is odd to me. I just, I'll just be honest. This is a very odd because I want to look at God and say, God, you sent me to this brook. You commanded ravens to take care of me. You're telling me to go to Zarephath, and you're commanding a widow to take care of me. Why can't you command water to come from this brook? You commanded water to follow the Israelites through the wilderness. Why can't you command water to come out of this brook? Does anybody follow that? This makes no sense to me. You see, in the place of challenge, where your problem exists, it becomes your platform for your praise. Where the problem is, where you seem to have lack, where there seems to be nothing happening, where there's just dirt and there's no fruit, where you're sitting at the brook and there's no water, it becomes a place for someone else to get blessed. God said, you got to go to Zarephath. Zarephath, I've commanded a woman there to take care of you. You see, Elijah, it's not about you. It's about the woman that's going to go and take care of you. I have a plan and a purpose for that woman. There's an eternal purpose for that woman and you've got to get there. You've got to go. So I'm not going to command water out of this brook. There's a woman who's going to take care of you. Can I talk to somebody who's faced some challenges in life? Can I talk to someone who has some issues and challenges that they face in life? God says your challenge will become a place for praise. It becomes a place for ministry. It becomes a where, where lack is. He'll multiply it. Where your lack exists, God takes the lack, the nothing that exists, and he sows his word, and something happens. Where there was no light, he said, light be, and light existed, and it's still existing today. Where there seems to be nothing, God speaks, and things begin to create. Where there was famine, where there was drought, where there was nothing, he commanded his word and went to the widow and God supplied. Sometimes we look at our situations and say, God, it's dried up. I'm dried up and cracked out. Lord, I ain't got nothing. I don't have anything flowing through this brook. I'm sitting here. I trusted you at your word. You've been sending these dirty birds to take care of me. You've been, what is going on? Why can't there be one? Out of your belly, Jesus is still preaching. John chapter 7. If anyone is thirsty, does anybody hear me this morning? If anyone is thirsty, if your brook is dried, up today, if Brook Cherith is dried up for you, if anyone's thirsty, John 7, 37 says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and out of his belly, say out of his belly, will flow rivers, rivers, rivers. You don't have just a brook, you'll have rivers flowing out of your inner man. 
rivers. Slap your neighbor and say, you need a river. He's got rivers of living water to flow through you. Now, I, I, want, you to, I want you to pause for a moment. I want you to th- think back, Jesus, in these conversations about living water. There was a, there was a woman in John chapter 4. <laughs> uh, there, was a, there was a woman whose brook had dried up. There was, a, there was a Samaritan woman whose brook had dried up and she came to a fountain to get water. Her water supply had dried up. She had put her hope in relationships. She had put her hope in other men, five of them. She had put, she had put her hope in something that wasn't satisfying. Jeremiah said, they've hewn for me cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. She had broken cisterns that were holding no water and she came to to the well to get a drink. And Jesus said to her, what? You'll drink of this water and thirst again, but there's a water that I'll give to you. I said, there's a water that I will give to you. Jesus said, there's a, there's a wellspring that will bubble up on the inside of you that will produce into eternal life. Now, it's interesting. That's awesome. That's interesting. That happened where? Where was Jesus? Samaria. Where was, where, was, where was Elijah? Where was Elijah when this brook dried up? If you go back and you read 1 Kings 16, Omri, Ahab's daddy, had brought a, bought a hill. He bought a hill and called it Samaria. He bought a hill and called it Samaria. You see, this message of eternal living water keeps springing out of these scriptures. Where there's drought, where there's famine, Jesus is proclaiming and declaring through the ages, if you'll come and drink of the waters that I have commanded towards you, you will never thirst. You will never thirst. It's interesting that Jesus spoke about in Luke chapter 4. He said there's all sorts of widows in the land. There's all, there's all sorts of widows in the land. <laughs> but, everybody say but. There was one that God chose. There was one that God put his finger on. There was, there was one that God said, I've sent my prophet to. There's one I've commanded provision towards. There's one that I've commanded water in the wilderness. You see, God has commanded concerning you. Look this way. God has commanded concerning you his blessing and his provision. In the place of your lack, God's commanded his provision. Oh, you missed, you missed a shouting opportunity. In the place of your lack, God has commanded his provision towards you. He's commanded his blessing concerning you. God, sent, God said, I'm going to take care. I didn't deserve it. I don't know how I earned it because it had nothing to do with me. But God chose me and he commanded his blessing. He picked me out of all the other widows, out of all the other families in, in the land during the time of famine. God picked me. He chose me and he commanded his blessing concerning me. I don't know about you, but maybe, maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you're like the widow who says, God, I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I don't know how I got it. All I know is that I'm in this place of lack, and I don't have the provision, but you commanded your blessing concerning me. You found me in my dark place. You found me in my lost place. You found me where where I didn't have sight. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was, but now I'm, I once was, but now I I had nothing. I was lost. I was blind. I was wretched. I was naked. I had nothing. But you commanded your blessing concerning me. You commanded your provision. You found me in my lost place and you justified me. You, you found me when I was broken and you began sanctifying me. You found me and changed me and transformed my life. 
Yeah, the word of the Lord concerning you says that you're more than an overcomer. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed in your coming. You're blessed in your going. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. All things, everybody say all things, are working together for your good. Do you believe that? That all things... You might be a dirty bird. You might be a widow, whatever you call yourself. But God has chosen you. And all things, say all things. All things are working together for your good. All things are working together for your good. Say all things. (laughs) I'm strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I'm strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Yeah, but pastor. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, but pastor. I don't see you. You don't know what I've been through. I'm, I mean, after all, I've only got a little bit of flour. I've only got a, I just got enough water to drink. I got a little bit of flour and oil. I got enough here to, to feed my son and Myself, and we're going to die. That's all we got. Lord, I don't have. Look what I don't have. Oh, y'all missed it. Look what I don't have. Sounds familiar. Jesus, all I've got is, all, we got this little boy's lunch. We got, we got five loaves and two fish. It doesn't, we can't do, we can't do. Look what we don't got. Look what we don't have. Look what we don't have. Jeez, but I'm challenged. I got problems. Oh, yeah, just turn those challenges into praise. Just turn those challenges into Look what I do have. I got some oil, and I got some flour, and, and I'm going to make a cake, and God's going to multiply. I don't know how he's going to. So I, I just want to talk to you today and say, you may not be at the place of your promise yet, but you're on your way. Elijah, you got to get up and go to Zarephath. You got to get up and go. You got to start moving in the direction of his promise. You can't camp out in the depression. You can't camp out in what you don't have. You can't camp out in the brokenness and the hurt and what was and the old patterns and the old beliefs. you got to get up and go to Zarephath. Go to the place where God's commanded blessing concerning you. you got to get up and go where God's commanded his blessing. Get up and go. Stop hanging out. Zarephath means refinement. It means to be refined. You got to go into the place of sanctification. You got to get in the place where God's changing you and transforming you from glory to glory. You got to go from glory. Does anybody hear me? You got to go from glory to glory. You can't camp out in the old way. You can't camp out at Cherith anymore. God's calling you into Zarephath. Yeah, but the brook was comfortable and I got used to the dirty birds. That's okay, Elijah. Get up and go. There's more for you. It's not about you, you ugly thing. You got to get into the place where I'm going to use you to minister to someone else. The word concerning you is producing fruit in your life, but it's going to overflow in fruit for somebody else's life. I'm preaching better than you're shouting this morning. Get up and go to Zarephath. Go to the place of refinement. I'm beholding his beauty. I'm not looking anymore at what I don't have. I'm not staying focused on the little bit that I do have. I'm looking at the abundance of God and what he does have. I'm not looking at the little bit of what I don't have. I'm looking at the abundance of what he does have. He shall supply all of your need. Look at me and say all. All of your needs. Do you believe that? He'll supply all of your needs. All of your needs. Say, pastors, there's just a lot of moving around this way. That's because the Holy Ghost is here and people are being poked and prodded. That's okay. You just got to zoom on in and say, God, you're going to supply all of my needs. Let the, let the demons manifest. We'll deal with them. That's okay. <laughs> All of my needs. <laughs> you tell your neighbor, I'm not who I was. And I'm not who I'm going to be. Come on, tell them. Say, I'm not who I was. 
and I'm not who I'm going to be. I'm, a, I'm on my way to Zarephath. I'm on my way to Zarephath. I'm, I'm being refined. I'm being changed. And it's not just about having proper etiquette. I'm being transformed from glory to glory. What sustained you yesterday won't sustain you tomorrow. What God did in you yesterday, thank him for it. Remember the Lord in it, but it won't sustain you for what he has tomorrow. It's time for some new wineskins. If you want the new wine of the Holy Ghost, if you want new, does anybody want new? If you want the new things of the Lord, you've got to move to where he's bringing you. You can't stay in the old. You've got to get up and go to Zarephath. But I'm comfortable. I like Cherith. I've gotten used to this place. You, when you get up and begin to walk into the blessing of the Lord, you step into his authority. Let me show you something. He went up and he came to the gate, verse 10. He arose and went and he came to what? The gate. The gate in scriptures is a symbol of authority. When he got up and he went, he came to the gate. He came to the place of authority. He walked into a new place of authority. Elijah had been walking in authority. Don't get me wrong. He had been walking according to the word of the Lord. But when the something happened, when Elijah left Cherith and said, okay, God, you've provided for me here. I'm not going to complain about this water, the dirty birds. You've sustained me. I'm going to take you at your word, and I'm going to get up and go to where you're calling me. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go to Zarephath. I'm going to step into the promise that you've made concerning me. When he did, he stepped in, uh, it's like a new level of anointing. It's a new awakening. Have you ever been in a place that God called you out of something and brought you into something, and all of a sudden you saw things differently, you heard things? differently. There was a different perspective. There was a different belief. There was a different idea. There was a different concept. You you walked into a new place of freedom, a new level of anointing. Does anybody hear me this morning? Yeah, if, you, if you'll just get up out of your comfort and move into the place of refinement, if you'll get out of where you were and go on the journey to Zarephath, you'll walk into a new anointing. You'll walk into a new authority. You'll be carrying yourself in a different way, not an arrogant way, oh, but a humble way, recognizing the hand of God on your life. And here he finds, he finds this woman. <laughs> He's standing at the gate of the city, and there is a widow gathering sticks. She's at the gate of the city. And he sees her gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And she was going to get it, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, a little oil in a jar. And I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. (laughs) Sounds like church people. Well, brother, this is why we can't do it. We sure we can't do this. We, we can't. We don't have enough. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough resource. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. Did you not know the Lord commanded you? It's interesting. God told Elijah, I've commanded a widow there to supply your need. This widow seemed absolutely clueless. She was not jumping for joy to answer the call of the Lord for her life. Maybe you might find yourself there today. God, I know what you said, but uh uh-uh, no thank you. It's easier for me to gather my sticks and go die. Because because if I have to take you at your word, that means things are going to change. That that means it... (laughs) That means that means if I take you at your word and obey the man that you sent to talk to me, that means I actually have to do something. 
That means I actually have to engage. I can't just sit back and die. I just can't sit back in the pew and watch everybody else do it. I can't, I can't just sit back and watch everybody else get blessed. I can't just sit back and watch everybody else walk into their blessing. I can't just sit back and die. It means I have to get up and engage. It means I got to do something. It means I got to see the provision of God. It means I got to walk in his blessing. It means I got to walk in his promise. It means I actually got to do something. Uh oh. Say uh oh. <laughs> God, I'd rather I would rather be sad and discouraged and just go die. Let's just end it. You ever been there? I'm sure we all have. I'd rather just end this. Let's get this over with. I'd, God, when can the, can this rapture happen yet? Can we just can we get this over with? I'm born again. I love you. I love your, well, I love you. But can we just get this over with? <laughs> and the widow, here's the widow. She got to engage. Get, go get me. Go get it. Maybe she's picking up sticks and preparing to die. Can you imagine? I mean, just every stick she picked up. I've got 24 hours left. My son, I'm in this is 20. This is all I got. Just my oil, my water. We might be able to survive after we eat this three days. I mean, that's kind of what it takes to die, right? Three days. All she was. That's all she saw. Picking up. That's all she could see. Just. That's all she was focused on. Bending over. Do you do you get the picture here? This is all she could see. Until Elijah came and said, get me some food. There's a Big Mac down the road, or there's a McDonald's down the road. I don't. So all I see. All the while, the Lord's promised life and blessing and provision. But because all we've got our eyes on. If you can just begin to readjust your gaze today and focus in on what the word of the Lord is concerning you. Begin to adjust the filters of your life and begin to zero in on what the word of the Lord is concerning you. You'll live and not die. You'll live and not die. I will declare the praises of the Lord and I will live and not die. I have the blessing. I have the commanded blessing of the Lord concerning me. I will live. He will provide. He will sustain. So anyway, this, this woman goes. She, we know the story. He, do not fear. Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake first. You know, that's I could just stop there. Do not fear. It's time to move out of fear into faith. Faith is the substance, the evidence, the proof of things hope for, the confident expectation of things not yet seen that have already been spoken. What is the word of the Lord? What has he spoken concerning you? Faith is the evidence, the reality of that thing. What did he command you, woman? That's what the scripture says. Widow, woman. That's not disrespectful. What did he command you? That he will provide for you. I have commanded a widow there to take care of you. Elijah, go and get it. And this is what's going to happen. Flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Can you imagine every morning getting up, going to that flour jar, that oil jar, and you pour out your oil Pour out your flour, water was to drink, but but you pour it, you pour it, you make your cake of bread. You think that? Well, it's kind of low. We used it. You go to bed that night, wake up the next morning, and it's Groundhog Day. It's all it's refreshed. <laughs> now I know <laughs> I used that, and now it's back. 
You see, when you begin to give away what the Lord's given to you, he refills it all the time. If you'll begin to sow your seed, he'll refill it. He'll refresh it. You just begin to give away what God's given to you. You may feel like it's insignificant. Give it away and God will multiply it. You may feel like your resources are insignificant. Give it. Give that penny. Give that whatever. Give your hour. Give your whatever it is. Sow your seed and watch God multiply it. She gave it and and God sustained her and her family and Elijah. She made a room for Elijah. Elijah had to go in and possess his promise. This woman had to possess their promise. They had to stop talking about it. Elijah had to stop counseling the woman and preaching and prophesying over her. And at some point they had to just do it. You can stand and prophesy over your flour and your oil all day long. But until you start to make something, it's then it multiplies. I've met a lot of Christians who want to talk good things and big talk. And, and we'll preach the word over, we'll proclaim the word over, and prophesy, and lay hands, and anoint them with oil until they look like a greased pig ready for a boucherie. And I, that's a pig roast for all you northerners. I'm believing. You are not believing. You, you are in disbelief, actually. Because if you was believing, you'd be doing. (laughs) Hallelujah. If you believed what God said, you would go get the oil and the flour and make a cake. If you believe what God said, you'd go make that bread and serve your house guest and make sure that he was taken care of and watch God supernaturally multiply what you sowed. Well, I feel called to whatever. (laughs) Baby steps. Just begin to do it. Just begin to move. Get into the city and possess your promise. Psalms 119.11, your word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you keep on doing what you're doing, you're sinning. You're in disbelief. If God said go and you're sitting... You're sinning. Good preaching, Pastor. Hallelujah. That's truth. To know to do right and not do it, JB Cures in the room is sin. It's a quotation question, I think. 30. Am I right? Am I off? Am I right? Okay, you don't know. The JBQ master doesn't know. You got to go in and possess your promise. God might take you by surprise. He might catch you off guard. Lord, I didn't expect the widow to handle this, but okay. Now, now I want. Now we know the Lord. Can I just have a few more moments? We're not. We're not there yet, but I. I want to. I want to keep going a little deeper. How many of you have been blessed so far? We're going to move into part two of the message. Okay, part two. Part two of First Kings seventeen. Now it happened. Say, now it happened. happened. They've they've watched the provision of the Lord every day. Every day. They've woken up. The famines happen every day. Say every day. Every day. All. All. (laughs) They get up, and the Lord has provided for them. Every day. They went from doing this to doing this. Every day, the, 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 the perspective changed. They made bread. Every day, the perspective changed. Wow, look what the Lord has done. They may have sang the song. Look what the Lord has done. I'm trying really hard this morning. I'm trying. And after these things, the son of the woman, she was a widow, remember? The son of the woman who owned the house became sick, and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. 
Everybody say he died. The son dead. Now, hang on a second. If I was the widow, I'd probably respond the same way. Hang on a second, Elijah. You, you showed up on my doorstep. You said, give you the oil and the flour and the water. And now my son is dead. Are you, is this because of my sin? God is taking my sin and judging me. That's what she said. God's taking my sin and judging me with my son. Is that what this is all about? <laughs> now the issue gets exposed. See, it was never, it was never an issue about whether there was food on the table and hungry bellies filled. God was after the heart. There was a sickness in the house. And he was after the real problem. Say God always has a deeper plan. It may look like on the surface. That God's messing with the flour and the oil. But there's a, there's a heart issue. There's a sickness on the inside that God's got to get to and deal with. The, the, the son died. The son died because there was a sickness in the house. There was, there was still a sickness of disbelief. She had watched God multiply the flour and the oil. But now when it came time for her son to die, she lost all hope. And she reverted back to her old lifestyle. Was well, my sin? She really hadn't let go. She really hadn't been healed. She yet had been transformed by it. And she immediately goes back to the old patterns, the old lies, the old tapes that are replaying constantly on repeat. She didn't burn them. She didn't sacrifice them on the altar of praise. She let them keep going. And when, when the tough times came, the real hard time came, when it really came time to die, not just talking about picking up sticks and preparing to die, but when death actually happened, she realized she wasn't operating in faith. She still had the old garbage playing around in her life. How, uh, how many of you here have ever been in a place where, where you thought you got victory over something? You thought God brought you out of something. You thought you left the land of Egypt. But when you get out in the middle of the wilderness and the calf is being made, you find yourself, oh, I wish we were back in Egypt. They took better care of us in Egypt, but, but, but there's, there, there's these old ways of doing things that are still lurking in the background. And when the push comes to shove, when tough times actually happen, the, the reality of what's there starts coming to the surface. Wow, I, I really do have issues in my heart. I really do have disbelief in my heart. I really Those sins of my past are revisiting me. God's saying, I've not called you to walk in disbelief or according to those old ways of doing things. It's time to walk in victory. It's time to have freedom over those things. If I provided the flour and the oil, I can surely liberate you from those old sins. I can surely set you free from those old... Can you, can you just, just entertain me for a minute? Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21. And Jesus went out there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. I want you to... Maybe notice some of the parallels here between this story and 1 Kings 17. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. And he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take 
the children's bread, and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And your daughter was, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. We find a, she just wanted a crumb. I want you to just see the parallels here for a moment. She just needed the bread of life to come. Jesus said in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever believes in me will never hunger again. Whoever comes to me will never thirst again. Here is the bread of life. That word bread, just pause for a moment. That word bread is the word for showbread. It's not bread, tangible bread, like we're thinking bread, eat. It's the word, the word for bread in John 6, 35 is, is the word for showbread. It was the bread that was placed on the table of showbread in the, in the temple, in the, in the tabernacle. It was, there was 12 loaves of, of unleavened bread that would be baked every day and set at the, or every week, I'm sorry, every week would be placed in the, in the tabernacle at, at the table of showbread. It was symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel. There was 12 loaves, 12 tribes. But it was called the showbread in the Hebrew and the Greek. And when you translate that, it actually means bread of his presence. It was the bread. It was the tangible reality. It was the, it was the tangible reality of God and his presence in his people. His presence with, was with them. And Jesus is saying to this woman in Matthew chapter 15, about, he's talking to her about bread. She's like, if I can just have, if I can just have a crumb. Now, what does this have to do with Elijah and 1 Kings 17? I'm so glad you asked. You see, this Syrophoenician woman in Matthew chapter 15 was from the air, the Phoenician area of Tyre and Sidon, which is the same area in 1 Kings 17 where this widow is. Here we find two stories that parallel each other, one with Jesus, one with Elijah, where God met the need of a woman and their child. And both of them revolved around this issue of bread, the issue of his presence. See, the real issue here with, with the woman in 1 Kings 17 and the death of her son and the woman in Matthew chapter 15 and her demon-possessed daughter, it, yeah, Jesus could handle the death and he could handle the demon. Those weren't, you know, we, we marvel at such minutia of things. <gasps> he set the demon-possessed free. And Jesus, of course. My name is greater than any demon. I was there and I watched them fall. <gasps> he raised the dead. Of course, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he would die, shall live again. What? And we, we are captive. Wow, look what God did. And really, the issue all along. Jesus is saying, yeah, all of those things, the signs and the wonders are great. But it's about my presence. It's about my presence. This woman... With the, with the son who died, she had, she had a little bit of flour. The flour in, in, in the scripture is representative of the, of the church and God's presence in his church. The oil representing the anointing, the Holy Spirit. And the water, the washing and the cleansing of the word, the power of the Holy Spirit to regenerate and to wash us and make us new. Isn't it interesting that God takes the simple little elements of our life to dig around in the deep issues of our heart? God, all I got is a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil, a little bit of water. And he's using the very simple things to get to a deeper issue. But you need my presence. You need me. I am the bread of life. You need to feast on me. Feast on me. Don't get your eyes 
on the death of your son, widow. Don't get your eyes and your life caught up in the old tapes and the old ways and the cycles of yesterday. It's time to move into the new. If I can supply the flour and the oil, if I can work a miracle, surely my presence is enough to carry you through this too. And Elijah stretches himself out on the sun and raises him to life. God's speaking resurrection life over you today. God's bringing his bread that produces resurrection life into you. Will you feast on his word? Will you feast on his presence? Will you feast on the bread of life today? Will you feast on him, the, the flour and the oil and the water? Will you feast? Will you pull up to the table and dine at the table of the Lord today as he is supplying and multiplying concerning you? He's commanded his word towards you. It's time to possess his promise concerning you. It's time to walk. We don't operate according to the, to the systems of the world in which we live. We're operating according to a heavenly principle, heavenly kingdom. When death looks us in the face, we see resurrection. When hardship stares us in the face, we say it's a place of praise. When we see lack, we see the provision of God that will be multiplied, not only to us, but to those around us. We we see and walk in the, uh, in the faith of God for the situation that we're in. God, I'm not going to get my eyes. I'm not going to focus. I don't need to look. Oh, my son, he's dead, he's dead. We become, we learn from the lesson of the Syrophoenician that says, but God, if I can just have a crumb. If I can just have a crumb, I don't, I don't have to have the whole loaf. If I can just get a crumb, if I can just get a bite of the bread of life, I know that it will be enough to sustain me. If I can just get a bite, I know that the same anointing, the same truth, the same power that's in the whole loaf is in that little bit of crumb, and it will change me. It will affect my life. It will raise dead things to life. It will provide. Lord, I just, I just need even just a crumb. Even just a crumb will do. God, even it's, there's a desperation. There's a hunger. There's a hunger for more than just what's on the table. Yeah, what's on the table looks nice, but I just need you. The food in my belly, that was a nice miracle. But let's get to the real issue. I just need you. Let's get real to the to the real heart of the matter. Lord is thank you for the bread. Thank you for the water. Thank you for sending the prophet who's speaking the word over me. But but let's get to the real heart of the matter. I really just need you. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.